Welcome to Kashmir's on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashmir's Magazine. And we have a very interesting show today. Uh, the two main topics we're taking up will be the orange juice issue and also uh, how a person can spot different mislabeled products. So this is, uh, I think, two areas that are very interesting to our listeners, and we're going to get into them shortly. But before we begin with those issues, I want to share with you a story that I heard last night. I can't uh, guarantee uh, the accuracy because I didn't, I didn't know it firsthand, and I don't know a lot of the details. But I'll share with you the story because it was a little bit of an eye-opener. It's sort of a classic Kashmir story. Uh, unfortunately, it's, I believe, in our general area. I don't know exactly where it took place. And I don't know exactly when, and I certainly do not know uh, to whom it occurred. Uh, that information wasn't given to me, I think, intentionally. But here's the story anyway. For whatever it's worth, it definitely gives you a little bit of a, an understanding of the in- intricacies of Kashrus. It seems that somebody was doing a Kashrus program on Shabbos, uh, Kiddush, Suda, etc. And uh, it was in a... Um, a hall that uh, is in a shul, a very uh, you know, nice-sized shul, the hall. And it, the way it was described to me is it was a five-star caterer and a five-star hashkocha. Whatever exactly those words mean, that's why I was told. In other words, I would say sort of uh, a caterer and a hashkocha that everybody would have relied upon. And this is what happened. It seems that they had some difficulty in getting a mashkiach, and they hired a very young fellow, 19 years old. And he was the mashkiach, obviously not uh, on top of the game. Not uh, He wasn't the mashkiach of the year. He wasn't somebody who had put in uh, 10, 20 years into kashvas, and a 19-year-old boy. And uh, the mashkiach was there, and there was a gentleman who, also a young fellow, I believe, and he he understood Spanish and he heard the two workers talk, two of the workers talking to each other and one said to the other there's no eggs and no and no liver to be served I looked all around and I don't see it and the other one said to him what are we supposed to do because we can't serve it he said no I'm going to go back and get some and you take care of the mashkiach and sure enough that second person uh, spoke to the mashkiach and said, I have to discuss some things with you. And he took him into another room and uh, he started talking with him. I don't know what the uh, topics were, but obviously it kept him busy for some time. And during that time, the uh, the, the first mashkiach went to, uh, I'm sorry, Meshkiah, <laughs> I say Meshkiah, the first worker, the first Spanish-Mexican worker goes back to the uh, to the commissary, takes his keys, goes back to the commissary on Shabbos morning and gets the eggs and the liver, brings it back to the shul, puts it in the refrigerator and makes believe it was always there. And they're about to serve it. And just then, uh, this other fellow saw what happened, and the one who understood the, the one who understood Spanish, and he ran over to the mashkiach and said, you can't put out the eggs and you can't put out the uh, liver. It was brought in right now on Shabbos 
by this non-Jew. He said, what, really? I didn't see anything. And they said, no, they, they took you in their room, whatever it was, explained the whole thing to him. And sure enough, you know, he saw that they had this now. And obviously this man, a firm person, is telling him that the, that the non-Jewish workers were fooling him. And he confronts them. And he said, can't serve that, uh, those, those two things. You just can't serve it. We have, we, we're going on to the next course. And they said, no, we're putting it out. And he said, but I, I'm not telling you to stop. He said, you can say what you want, and you could do what you want, but it's going out, Rabbi. And uh, and a Sunday, you can talk to the caterer and tell him whatever you want. But we're putting this out. It's our job. And he started to try to put out the, 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 uh, the eggs and the uh, liver. In the end, the end of the story is that they didn't put it out. It seems they were able to stop these these goyim, and it wasn't served, or maybe a few people got it, but it was basically stopped, and that's the whole story. What was interesting to me about this story is not the, how cute it is that this fellow knew Spanish, and how easily they tried to fool the mashkiach, and how questionable it is to have such a young man who might not be sophisticated. All of that was interesting, but the real interesting part is how could they possibly, how could a non-Jewish man have the keys to the commissary, not just to get into the building, but to get into the food? How could he have the audacity to take these, this food out on Shabbos and bring it into the uh, shul? How could he believe that the caterer would take his side how could these things happen? That's the question, and I don't. I'm thankful that I don't know where it occurred, because I would then ask the hashkocha if they dropped this hashkocha or they kept it, and I don't want to find out the answer because I'm afraid I know the answer. Unfortunately, these things do occur. I know them to be facts. in In our community here in Flatbush. Over 20 years ago, there was a story of a similar nature where the cholent was uh, for a kiddish, and for, for a kiddish, there was a cholent in the a yeshiva here in Flatbush. I'm not going to mention the name of the yeshiva, even though it has no bearing on it, but it was a, a big kiddish with a lot of very important rabbonim in our community were there. And, the, and at the kiddish, they served... They were served, one of the served cholent, but the cholent was burnt. On Shabbos, one of these waiters, non-Jewish fellow, got into the car, picked up cholent, brought it back to the uh, fair, put it on the fire, and uh, served it. And somebody found out. And he went and told one of the rabbonim, and there was a whole to-do there at that, at that Shabbos kiddush among all the rabbonim, and many people were smart enough not to eat it. I don't know what happened in general, but there was a very big uh, cause of celebra. And as a result of that, they started the KIC organization here in Flatbush, which for approximately 20 years or more has been attempting to monitor the standards of the different hashkochas, uh, the different uh, place establishments, caterers, bakeries, meat establishments 
everything, restaurants, etc., in our Flatbush neighborhood. KIC is run by Rabbi Moshe Wiener, who was their, is their appointed man for, uh, for checking these different establishments. And it's supported by some of the Rabbanim in the community. I know it's not, not as well known now as it was 20 years ago, but they're still active and doing some important work. We've had Rabbi Wiener on this show a few times, but that's something that happened 20 years ago. And this is not from 20 years ago, this story. It's from, it's a current story. And the question is, has anything changed? Have we got a handle on this uh, on this matter of the who has the keys? I, it, it, it's, I remember years ago that I did a chasana, I was a Masada Kedushan, and um, the gentleman who was getting married wanted to make it at a certain hall, and he had given $1,000 for down payment for that hall. And I told him that there's serious problems with that hall, and he'll have to get a private mashkiach, or I won't perform the wedding. So he said, okay, give me somebody, and I gave him somebody. And I sent the, the man went down, and uh, before he would accept the job, he wanted to see what's going on in that establishment. So he went down, he met with the caterer, and uh, he came back to me and he said, I'm not doing it. I won't do the affair. I said, why not? You know, we're talking about something that he would have made uh, between $1,000 and $1,500 for. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't just a few-minute job. This is something that would take a couple of days for the preparation of the food and the serving of it. We were talking at least $1,100 at that time. It was a bunch of years ago, and maybe it was... Maybe today would be closer to 15 or more. So I, this was a serious uh, thing. And I know the man was uh, not uh, uh, big in the cautious field yet and didn't have uh, uh, you know, all that men, much income. And I thought this was something that he would enjoy. And I trusted him implicitly. And he said to me, I won't do the affair. I said, why not? I said, because when talking to the caterer, I realized that he was somebody that once had the keys. I mean, again, he's not a religious man, and, and he once had the keys. Now he doesn't have the keys. But at one time, I could tell from talking to him that at one time he used to have the keys to his establishment, and he'd go in and take out whatever he wanted. And I will not give Ashkocha to somebody who has tasted that, that, that control, because he, he is impossible for me to watch him enough. That's what this man said, which is very interesting. And here we have that people are giving hashkocha, and they really don't know who has the keys. It means that the five-star hashkocha of the five-star caterer doesn't know that the non-Jews have the keys and can walk in any time to the refrigerator, take out what they want, or put in what they want. And that obviously is a total compromise of the kashva system. So it is a very important story, and again, I don't want to know all the details because it would put me in a very difficult position. Uh, of course, if I did find out the whole story, I will, I will take some kind of action, which uh, we can do, what we always do behind the scenes, not in, not in the magazine, not on the radio. We do, um, but we do take action uh, in ways that can change the situation. But as I don't know any of the details, I can't get involved. That's the story that I wanted to tell, and now I'm ready to begin the program, but you can reach me here at the studio, and we'll put you right on if you have anything uh, that you'd like to talk about, whether it's about the topics that we're, we're talking about tonight, 
which are the which is the ice uh, the uh, the um, uh, the orange juice situation, and the other one about mislabeled products and how to spot them. So you can call the studio at 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858, and we'll put you on uh, on Cautious on the Air to discuss what's interesting to you. You can also text us at 347-927-8398. Again, 347-927-8398, or call the studio, 718 718- 683-5858 to let us know what topics you want to discuss, any questions that you have about Kashrus, or any reaction you have to this show or any of the other shows we've done. So without further ado, I'm going to uh, tackle a little bit the uh, the, the Kashrus standards of, the, of the, the orange juice. Now, we discussed this on Kashrus on the air a number of times. And the first time we did it, we were talking about um, a, the general topic. And we mentioned that the Kashrus experts are looking into this matter. We didn't mention anything conclusive, but we did give you the indication that something is happening. The later time we discussed it, we went a little bit more into it. And I, I don't know exactly what I did say on the radio and what I didn't say on the radio because I said there were a few different times we spoke about it. I'm just going to give you a little bit of an update into what's going on. Number one, these are two, the, the two facts I'm telling you now are facts. There's a gentleman in Lakewood who did experimentation with uh, the orange juice from a well-known national brand. We won't mention the names. I don't want to mention the names. And in that national brand, which many people have in their houses, they, uh, they, they found in most of the cups of orange juice, on most of the cups of orange juice, they found one or more scales, scale I- insects not talking about the scale, which is a covering for the uh, insect, but the insect itself was found in a majority of the cups that they took. So let me explain it to you. You take a 64-ounce uh, container of orange juice. You divide it up into, um, I think it was like nine cups, and that way you have approximately seven ounces in each cup. And that's the, the sort of a standard what person would drink as an 8-ounce cup, a 9-ounce cup, or even a 7-ounce cup, maybe 6 ounces you drink, but that's approximately what it is. And he took each one of them separately and put it through a strainer, and the strainer was a 70 mesh. That's a, that's a description of, the, of how tight it is. A 70 mesh strainer, and in the majority of cups, he found one or more scales, scale insects, we call scale bugs. There's a lot of names for them. We'll see. We'll hear about it tonight, hopefully. So that's that's what that's what he did, and what happened is somehow he said to himself, you know, let me be sure, and he put it through a second time. Okay, that means the first cup was put through the strainer, and then after they t- it took off all of whatever it caught and examined it, whether he found an insect or he didn't, he put what was had gone through the strainer again into the strainer. So that was the second strain a second time. 
And what he told us, and this is scary, he told us that he found insects the second time. We have a caller? Okay, we have a few calls. Okay, just a minute. I'm going to present the problem, and maybe we'll, hopefully, they'll be talking about it. If not, we'll have to go on, come back to it. Uh, so, so in, a way, in other words, it was went through the strainer, and it went, went through the strainer twice, and more was found the second time that hadn't been found the first time. What does that mean? That means that 70 mesh is not good enough. You need something that's even tighter than 70 mesh because 70 mesh could not catch all those that went through, whether it's the size or it's just it was pushed through somehow by the pressure. I don't know the exact reasons, but whatever it is, 70 mesh didn't work. That's what we learned from that story. And the number was frightening. Next part of the story. Uh, at the Kosher Fest, someone came up to me who owns a, uh, a company that sells, we call Hamish brand orange juice. The Hamish brand of orange juice that many people have in their houses. It's a Hamish brand. And the owner of the company came to me at Kosher Fest, came to our booth, and told me, you know, you're hearing about this thing with the, uh, with, the, with the insects in the orange juice? It's true. We have it too. The owner of the company told me it's true. We have it too, and we're trying very hard to work on it, but it's not an easy thing to eliminate. The owner of the company, I'm not going to tell you the name, but the owner of a Froom company, that makes orange juice, that many people have in their houses, said that he's finding them there, these insects. So we're not talking about something that somebody invented, some theory. We're talking about down-to-earth experimentation that proves that they're there. Now, I'm going to take the callers, and then I'm going to discuss further some interesting things that just happened. Go ahead. Oh, you're on Kashrus on the air. Can we help you? Hello. Yes, you're on the air. Hi. Um, the the comp- not the uh, not the Hamish company. The company before. What company were you talking about? I'm not about? going to mention the name. Uh, even if so you David guess it, I'm not going to tell you because I don't think it's fair to uh, to do that here now. I think that this is something. You're right. Uh, everyone's going to say to me, "How can you get on the air and how can you talk about it and not tell us what to do?" The answer is, you first have to decide: is there an issue for you? with the uh, orange juice at the present time. You can ask a Rov, you can ask a Kashrus agency, you can do your own work, or you can say, yeah, I don't really know, and, and I'm hearing something, and I'm concerned. Or you could say that uh, somebody told me that I don't have to worry about it. That's, that's the first step. Then, if you're worried about whether this orange juice or that orange juice applies, you're really going to find out that people are either concerned about orange juice or they're not concerned. It's really not about the specific name, brand names. You're right. People didn't experiment with 75 varieties of ne- the 75 names of companies. It's true. They didn't investigate everybody, but they investigated a number of them and ones that are very common. So let's be honest. If there is an issue, then it has to be dealt with. We're going to deal with it more now because and listen to the rest of the show because we're going to deal with additional facts that I didn't know about until today. That's really oh, what I want to share with you. Okay, and also, 
I heard that this is only when they use the tails of the orange. Okay, uh, of the so I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna ta- I'm gonna talk about that as well, but you have to understand that there are two factors. One is, they, in some orange juice companies, at least, I don't know if all the orange juice companies, they take from the rind, from the skin, the peel of the orange, they squeeze out oils. There's two methods they use to squeeze out the oils, and those oils are added into the orange juice to give it a, it gives it a very good flavor, and so they actually take oils from the orange juice, from the oranges, and put it into the juice. It's, that's the method that's being used very commonly. So, so if that's if that's so, then you, you, all of them, at least the ones that do that, are being exposed to this peel. Also, they don't peel it the way you do. If they cut it, they don't have they don't peel it off the way you do. You know, you peel everything off and then mm-hmm. you take open the orange and then you could be complete one hundred percent. But that's not the way they do. It's rarely way. You know, they they do it in a way that they cut into it and. And the machinery will separate out the orange, but the, the peel from the orange juice. But uh, what I learned today is that they actually they sometimes use the the, the uh, skin itself to produce this oil. Please keep listening because we're going further into the topic. Thank you for okay, the call. Okay, and also, yeah. uh, we I could eat regular oranges, right? A hundred percent. You can eat a regular orange, but you have to learn what the scale is. And I'm going to tell you right now, and all of the listeners. How to see a scale. Now, let me, a scale bug. This is something I saw. It takes you seven minutes, and it's worth it. Now, I know we're from people. Nobody goes to the movies. No one has television. Hopefully, any of these things. The only videos you see are the Hasna videos. Very nice. And, and, and YouTube is usser. I understand. But find a kosher way to see this YouTube. I saw it this mo- today. It, it takes seven minutes. And it's a chiyu on everybody to see it. If you can get it some other way, fine. <clears throat> but I only saw it there, and I'm going to tell everybody how to get it. Now, it's, you have to write it down, but I'll tell you the shortcut as well. Uh, you go to YouTube, that's Y-O-U-T-U-B-E dot com, YouTube dot com. Now, if you have a filter, you have to bypass the filter. Because, I mean, I have a filter and I can't go there without bypassing the filter. If you don't have a filter, you should have one. And, and, and bypassing is only the people who are allowed to bypass. But if you see this thing somehow, see it, it's definitely worth seeing. It's not seven minutes of wasted time. It's a chiyu to see this. Because how else in life are you going to figure this one out? I'll, I'll describe the video in just YouTube.com. And then you do a forward slash... And you write watch, W-A-T-C-H. So it's youtube.com forward slash watch. And then this is what it is. It's a long thing. Question mark V equal 1-W-C-G-F-Z-K-V-8-8-A. I'm going to say it again, and then <clears throat> I didn't do it, but I'm going to try to make a small URL for you for the next time uh, where you can do it much quicker. YouTube.com, forward slash watch, question mark V equal 1 W C G F Z K V 88 A. Excuse me. Now, what I want to tell you is it's interesting. You can't find it that way. You go there and you write, uh, you type in, Scale bug on citrus 
or on lemons. And you should be able to come up with it. I forgot the gentleman's name. I didn't write it down. Uh, it's not a Jewish fellow who put it together, but it is a very, very effective film. I'm going to tell you one second. Just, let me, just one second, please. <coughs> so well, let, me, let me explain what's so exciting about this. What's so exciting about this film is it describes the entire process. He takes these scales. He shows you how to spot them. He shows you where they're stuck in a crevice. In, uh, in, he was doing um, lemons. And he shows you how, you know how it is with the peppers that they get, they got all mushed together and then and, and it it's, it's makes like a crevice and is deep embedded in there. It looks like dust. Sometimes that dust is really bugs. And he shows you with a high-powered uh, camera the bugs that are in those crevices, the insects. And the insects are... Uh, spiders and other things like that. It's very, very interesting. And then he shows you the scales. And he opens up the scales. He has a little twig, a little metal thing, actually. And he moves the scale, and he shows you the bug inside. And he shows you different levels of growth of that bug. First, he shows you one that looks like a mush. There's no face, there's no feet, there's no, uh, there's no uh, wings, there's nothing there. The only thing you can see on that bug is a, it's like a hair. And that hair connects to the citrus fruit, which in this case was, uh, was a lemon. And they live on the lemon juice and the oils and everything through that tube. That's their way of getting their food from the lemon. Then he tells you another one a little bit later, different developments, not the same one. He, is, he took different scales, and he shows you one that has eyes, some development. And somewhere along the line, that little tube is gone, and it has its own uh, other sources of food that it's getting in different ways. And he shows you different developments more and more. And eventually he shows you that there were legs, and you see these scale bugs with legs on them. Then he shows you that they have wings. Then he shows you a live one that came out of its shell, out of the scale, that's prancing around on the, on the uh, lemon, and that is cleaning itself off its wings, getting ready to fly. He shows you how different levels of development and how this innocuous-looking thing in the beginning becomes a full-fledged insect that flies away. But once they, uh, if a bug is born in the fruit, then 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 it's kosher to eat. You're allowed to eat something that was that never curled on the ground. Okay, so this is incorrect. What you're saying is incorrect. There is a machlekes, but the halacha is not that way. The halacha is if it grew on the tree, on the tree. It is considered to be Shoritz al Haaretz. What you're talking about is something that grew off the tree when it's on the ground. Let's say, for example, we take grapes off and you put them down on the ground and they become raisins. Or you're high up somewhere and they're no longer attached to the ground and they become raisins. If they came on the grapes at the time, uh, or into the grapes at the time when it was detached from the ground, that's correct. It's not sure it's arts. If they grew there when it's not attached to the ground. 
but something that grows inside a fruit that's attached to the ground is called sharitz al aritz. Even though you think it means that he's supposed to come out and walk around, yes, that, that that's the words. But the halacha is not that way. The halacha is that if it takes place on the tree, then it is considered to be a sharitz al aritz. Again, there is a machlokes, but that's the halacha. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening. And we have more callers. I'll take another one to call to, and then we'll go back to our topic. Go ahead, please. You're on Kashrus on the air. Can we help you? Um, yes, I had two questions. First question is, eating oranges, is it enough, even if I don't see this beautiful video, if I take a scrub brush and scrub the outside peel, am I safe that way? Very good question, and we're going to take it up in the next few minutes. Been, I want to read certain parts of, of something that was written already okay. uh, from, by uh, somebody else. It's going to answer that question. Okay, my second question is, you mentioned about this, how we strain this, and I, I have no concept of how fine the strainer is, but those bags, those garnet bags from Bodeg, is that sufficient to, to strain orange juice? Well, then you'd have to ask Bodeg what the mesh is. But I'm going to talk about that. Uh, uh, well, let's talk about this, this aspect right now. I don't know the size that those are. But we, the numbers that I was told you before was 70 mesh wasn't good enough. So what's next? 80, 90, 100? I don't know. But 70 uh-huh. mesh is not a guarantee. Does it reduce it? Yes. Is it easy to strain this stuff? Not easy at all. And the tighter the straining goes, the less likely you're going to get all your, your, your juice coming through. A lot of it's going to get stopped. Now, the case that I mentioned, the first one about the national company... <coughs> The yeah. samples that he did were from non-pulp, no pulp, and still right. there was plenty of uh, pulp or parts of it being stuck in, in there. Plenty of things got trapped by his mesh. It didn't all go through but the bugs. So there is, uh, even when it says no pulp, there is pulp in there. Hmm. Uh, okay, so I, again, I don't have an effective way for you to do straining yourself. I want to discuss something that was written and put up on the internet. A good friend of ours, Yaya Hoffman, although I, I really should have oh. called him to be involved, but I didn't have a chance to do it. It all happened today, and, and that's why I'm taking this up this way today. Uh, I thank you for the call, and please continue to listen. We're going to be taking up exactly what you're talking about in another minute or so. Okay, Is another caller? You. Yes, thank you very much. Another caller? Okay, you're on Kashmir's on the air. You're on yes, the air. I called about something else, but let me just ask you about this. Does this would this be for an esrig or something? I'm about to cook my esrig, believe it or not. And yeah, so I yeah, always cook yeah, it. Yeah, that's why you have to see the video to understand what a scale bug is, what the scale is. It's quite clear from the video. It's not hard to understand it. Although there are lots of names of different scale bugs, I'm going to mention some of them, but that isn't the point. You see actually what it looks like. Talking about it won't do it. That's why I say, you know, I, people, I had somebody contact me recently. I said to him, you know, I can answer your question, but you really have to buy Rabbi Vaya's book. You know, I, 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 we sold them, and, and if anybody wants, they can get it from us at Cautious Magazine, 718-336-8544. But you could also go into a farm store if you find it around. It's all in English and shows everything that has to be done. But I, I think he's got pictures of scale. I didn't take a look for it. But this video is really a chiyuv for people to watch. It takes seven minutes, 
Okay, you have to break through the code, whatever it is to get up here. You can't look at YouTube. Okay, so get the, a big rove and let him <laughs> turn it on and get 100 people there and look at it. But at least the point is, if you see the video, you know what you're talking about. Otherwise, we're just talking in the air. I say scale. I never knew clearly what it was until today. I mean, I heard about it. I look in the book. In the book, it doesn't work. You see the actual thing on the fruit. You see him removing it. You see him showing what's inside it. It's, uh, it's really an amazing seven-minute video. Yeah. And it's, it, what's amazing is how, and he does it very, very beautifully. You know, they must have known about this years ago because my mother about last show, no, years too, because my mother, right. Leah Shom, always told me not to use the rind of the orange right. when I make a cake. And a lot of people use it. It's right. in all the recipe books. Right. And she would always tell me, don't use okay, it. Okay, but I'm. But once you see the video, you'll be able to, and you'll hear the rest of my show today, you'll be able to, I can't, I see this all lighting up, I can't do it. We have to, we have to tell the people, uh, <laughs> please tell the people. Well, I really have that. a different question. Okay, I, have I, a, yeah. I have an interesting uh, question. Um, I was in ShopRite, and I noticed they had very nice loose carrots, so I bought them. And as I was paying for They're them... from Israel. Well, that's, this is what I want to tell you. It didn't say anything about from Israel. It didn't say at all anything about Israel. Right. But as I was paying for them, the lady ahead of me that was not Jewish, I noticed that it lit up on the... She was buying it in a bag, right. and it lit up in the bag carrots from Israel. Right. So I said to the cashier, are my carrots from Israel? Right. She said, I don't think so. It's only hers. They're in the bag. <laughs> now, how do we know for sure where the carrots okay. come from, and, and is, is it a problem? Of course it's a problem, but I mean, I'm not, 100% a problem. You have to be concerned about the trumas and maizmas, and now, now you have the shemitah. But the, right. but the question is like this. You know, in, in, uh, in every, every single place that's selling them, not selling from Israel, very often they put signage to tell you what's from Israel. Right. If it's a small owner, you can ask him or any of your products coming from Israel. That's and right. He'll tell you. If it's a big store, you can say, you know, I'll be rove, it's not from Israel. But uh, it, it is appropriate if, it, to, to be keep your eyes open when you're in a store. If you look at boxes and things like that, you can't uh, investigate too far. Very often the stores like to put on product of Israel because it sounds higher quality, they can charge more, and it so happens to be that their carrots are amazing. I have to go on to the other calls. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks. Uh, I'm going to please tell the calls we can't take it now because I, I want to do this. They want to call back fine, but I have to finish our topic. I'd be cheating everybody out otherwise. The, at the present time, I, I, today I became aware of Rabbi Hoffman's article, which you could get... And he does discuss specific names. I'm not going to discuss names of, of, of products, but he does discuss it a little bit in his article. Uh, if it was on Kosher, I'm sorry, on Yeshiva World. So if you go to Yeshiva World and they have their news there, whatever, you can type in and just type in Yair Hoffman and you'll see his article. And there was a rebuttal from a Kashvis agency about their position about it. But I want to share with you some of the things that he did, and uh, maybe we'll be able to get him on the, on the show another time to discuss it further. But the information that he had is extraordinary, and you really should read that too. I'm going to give you just some highlights. First of all, I mentioned before that they squeeze out oil from the peel, they centrifuge the oil and separate it from the surrounding water, and they add some of the oil to the juice that's something that is very helpful to give it a certain type of flavor 
and a certain it protects the juice from the oxygen, light, and moisture. So it's something that's being done, and it it helps to keep that freshly squeezed taste that people like so well. Now, the scale bugs are on both eating oranges and juice oranges. Since the 1990s, the scale bugs have developed immunity to many of the insecticides, and that's why it's more common now than it was 20-something years ago. Now, I told you about the YouTube. Um, we'll do it one more time, and that's it. If you, uh, if you go to YouTube and you type in, um, uh, as I said, scale bugs on citrus, you're going to get this video. YouTube.com forward slash watch question mark V equal one W C G F Z K V eight eight eight. Okay, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful video. Anyway, uh this it seems to be this is one thing that Rabbi Hoffman says, and that I've been hearing it all week long, but I didn't know he was really the source of it. It may be a little known fact, but in the United States this is not a problem with off-the-shelf oranges, which is basically what we're buying, because the fruit is waxed and the scale bugs that remain after the intense high-pressure wash did not come off. So he says that even if there would be the scales, they probably do not come off on account of the wax. So again, some oranges are waxed and some are not. You, you could tell the ones that have the shiny surface and it feels a little wax, etc. Those would be the waxed ones. And maybe then the uh, scales don't come up. Personally, I wouldn't rely on that, but that at least gives you a, uh, something to work with. But a lot of times we do get juice, or- I mean, juice oranges, which are low quality, and they're probably not waxed at all. Now, could, proceeding along with what he was talking about, he says that there are two types of scale bugs, and he gives a whole bunch of names. So just to share it with you, because it's interesting. One is called the armored scales, like armor, protect itself. And they include the purple scale, the uh, the uh, citrus snow scale, the Florida red scale, the Glover's scale, and the chaff scale. This is interesting because it shows how many different varieties there are and how common this really is. There are another type, which is called the soft scales, and they affect the Florida oranges very badly. That's Caribbean black scale, brown soft scale, Florida wax scale. So altogether, we've mentioned eight varieties of scale insects, completely different ones, and they do look differently. That's the interesting thing. But you'll get a real flavor of it if you see that video. Uh, sometimes they have to spray extra because of these scales. They're, they are really affecting. There's, some in, there's sometimes breakouts, outbreaks, I'm sorry, of citrus snow scale infection, infestation, I'm sorry. And so they really are affecting the crops from Florida very seriously. Now, uh, he also mentions that he did his own experiment. Now, he goes through his experiments. I'm really going to skip it because there's not much time I want to take some of the callers, and I, I want to make sure we understand what we're talking about today. His research, I'm just going to tell you his results. He said that he found one full-scale bug in 20 cups. He checked four different containers, 
and he ended up with one out of 20 cups having one scale, one bug, one real live, one full bug. But he found scale bug parts, uh, three of four in every one, uh, 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 each cup of the juice that he did. Again, each cup had several, he mentions three of four scale bug parts. Maybe it's a wing, maybe it's a this, maybe it's a that. But he saw different parts in at three or four in each cup. So we're talking about something there. Whether halakhically that's a bittle, because it's not a full bug, and the only bug found one bug out of 20, so therefore maybe that's not significant. Rabbanim may say that way. The point that I want to make tonight is that he used a 62 mesh. And my information is that 70, which is much tighter, was not good enough. So, again, my feeling is that this work that he did is not conclusive enough. If he had used 100 mesh or something like that, so then I would say, halakhically, maybe there's grounds to be makele. But he didn't do the same way that some of the other people did. He used a very nice high-powered microscope, a USB microscope, and he did a thorough job. But I think from my position, even though he's satisfied with the work that he does, and he is not uh, telling people to use it, he thinks it is a concern. But I think it's more of a concern because I think with a tighter mesh, you would have a stronger result. There's, uh, there are calls coming in, and I'm going to open up the the, the call is to, to anyone who wants to call about any topic. I'm sorry I didn't get the other part. I'm just going to take one minute to talk about Glotmart because I don't want to forget to do that. Glotmart is a conveniently located at 1205 Avenue. When you think of Glotmart, think of price, service, convenience, and quality. And you can save a lot of time if you want to uh, come in from to Glotmart from the East 12th Street entrance and you can use their valet parking service and have your car ready to be loaded up with all those wonderful items you purchased in the store. And on sale right uh, uh, starting on Wednesday, December 10th to the 16th, Libra's Pomace Olive Oil in time for Hanukkah. If you want to use that, it's uh, like a low-grade kind of olive oil. It's only three ninety-nine for thirty-four ounces. Uh, you have um, uh, Oberlander's Dreidel Cookies, twelve ounces, two dollars and eighty-nine cents. Oberlander's Hanukkah Cupcakes, ten ounce, two dollars and ninety-nine cents. Hecker's Flour, five pounds for two thirty-nine. Post cereals, uh, Honeycomb Alphabets Sugar Crisp on sale at two sixty-nine a box. Geffen applesauce, two ninety nine. If you if you don't, if it's not cold enough for you outside, Klein's ice cream, fifty six ounce, five ninety nine. And uh, these in the meats area, you can get Blade London broil at nine ninety nine a pound, Silver Tip roast, eleven ninety nine a pound, and Baby Lamb chops at sixteen ninety nine a pound. Those are just some of the items on sale. At Glotmart. And at Glotmart, the quality of the meat is A1 with kosher certification from the Star K and the Vatikashas of Flatbush with base Yosef meats and with expert Nikor. At Glotmart, you're getting quality kashras. Glotmart is at 1205 Avenue M, meaning your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dove in Glotmart, tell them you heard about Glotmart on Kashras on the Air 
over J Root Radio. And without further ado, we're going to get to our next caller. If you'd like to call, we have open lines, 718-683-5858. Again, 718-683-5858. We have your calls until the end of the show, hopefully. Go ahead. You're on Kashmir's on the air. Okay, thank you for taking my call. I just want to ask you, I mean, my mother asked me to ask you, she she wants to know if now we have to check every orange we eat or every single cup of orange juice we okay, drink. Well, we, uh, again, the decision about using orange juice is a halachic decision that I'm not going to make for you. You have your own rabbi, and he's interested in this just as you are, and he's going to find out the answer for himself. You can ask him like you ask him a shayla for Shabbos, etc. So you ask him this, this shayla. And if you if uh, you want, you can call a kashrus organization that you trust, and that would be fine. That's fine for you. And that's how you decide about kashrus about the halacha. But as far as uh, as far as the uh, orange itself, you can peel an orange without affecting anything. If you're careful, first of all, you really should be seeing what this scale thing is all about. Now, maybe you can't get to a video, you're a young fellow, so um, you have to get somebody in your house has to go see this video. That's what I believe. I, I wish I could get it uh, in a way that I could give it to you and we'd email it to the people and you don't have to go to YouTube, but I think in this particular case, it's a mitzvah to see it because there's no other way to understand it. And you want to know what, what's on your orange? So we said that if it's a glazed orange, waxed orange, so there's less concern. But in general, I would say cut the orange peel very carefully. Make sure you're not going through anything that looks like it could be a scale insect. Looks like off-colored and looks like a little thing attached to it. Try to cut not on that part. And take off the, the whole peel before you cut up the orange and do what you want with it. That's, there is no concern past that. Okay? Thank you very much for the call. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Okay, you're on Kashmir on the air. Can we help you? Uh, yes. Uh, first of all, first of all, thank you very much, Yashkoyach, for, for everything that you do and to show that you have every week. And it's a tremendous Tzayach Rabbim, Tzayach Rabbim, should bless you for the tremendous Atzbocha with everything. So first of all, the Seder of Moshe Vaya, you can see very clearly what the scales look like. Good. Is that sufficient? If you look in the safe over there, it has pictures very clearly. I don't believe it's necessary to go to the video. You see, if you look in the safe, you see very, very clearly. It's not, nobody's going to have a suffix what exactly a scale is. You have to look in the safe. The picture is very clear. Okay. Uh, if people do want to see live demonstrations, so like David Goldstein is available. He does go and give demonstrations and shuls. He's available for yeshivas. Uh, he's, he's, he's definitely available to go and those, those things can be made not just for scales but for any, any kind of issue of insect, a full you know, introduction to the issues of you know, toilet bugs and all different kind of produce which is very, very kadai for any organization, any show to arrange I just want to comment you're, you're probably right I didn't. I didn't look at the book because it just happened today. I didn't get. I have the book in the house, but I didn't look at it. It could be that the picture is very clear, and, and many people would understand it. But I've seen these pictures, and it. What I'm telling you, what I saw today, it's enodoma. It gives you a completely. No, you'll see a life cycle live. I understand. I understand. I, 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 not just I see a live bug. Not that I see a live bug. It. It. The way developed with the camera, Moshe Vai doesn't have in his book. Whether, whether you have to see it or you don't have to see it, I'm just saying that it's very hard for the average person from the picture that he has to identify a scale. 
I remember. I, I, I don't I, think it's. I, I, I differ. I, I've seen okay. it recently, and then I can tell you look at the same. You can see what the scale is. It's not hard okay. to identify. Right. You see little okay. black dots, okay. you see a little rays. You, okay, you, you're let's, let's, say, let's say. So at least okay. get the book. So Jeff, we should uh, get the hello? book. Okay, hello? The, yeah, let them get uh, yeah, the book. Yeah, and also, secondly, it really doesn't, uh, from my experience, it doesn't make a difference what brand of orange the person is using. Right. If the company has a proper filtration process in place, which I don't know of any company yet. Right. That is, except for Nertzisol. Nertzisol, I believe, they're filtering the orange juice. That's what I've been told. But in America, I don't know of any company that is filtering the orange juice. Any, any, any kind of orange juice that is produced on a large scale, all the MMS produced, uh, because of the, you know, they're squeezing the oranges, the scales are getting into the oranges. That's the Matthias. Right. If people do it at home themselves, so then that's going to be a different story. They can slice the orange and just rinse the orange off on the inside before squeezing it, just in case when you cut it, uh, if some of the scales will come off with the knife onto the inside of the orange. Rinsing it off under a strong stream of water before squeezing the orange, that would be sufficient to remove any scales, prevent the scales from getting into the oranges. So it, it, is, it, is, it is a Matthias in all you know, orange juices that are, you know, available on the mass market. Uh, to avoid the problem right now until the orange juices are filtered, uh, people can make their own orange juice and, again, you know, you slice it, you rinse it off the inside of it, and then uh, then you make the orange juice. That's, uh, that, that's as far as, you know, that's concerned as far as orange juice is concerned. But it, it really doesn't, to my understanding, uh, which company we're dealing with. Well, I agree with you, but I, I didn't want to say it because I like to talk about information that I really know. In other words, these right. uh, people came to me and they said, does, does, every or does oranges have any in there? So I can't say yes, but of course, it, like you said, if there isn't anything being done to prevent it, it has to be there. But I, I didn't want to, uh, I, I like to be talking about facts. That's why I mentioned that there were two companies that I happen to know facts about. And I, that, I mean, it, yesterday I just saw uh, scales, uh, three scales that came from a small serving container, like a, maybe it's like a 16-ounce container of a national brand. Again, I won't, I won't you don't want were those to say scales, the name. But, were those the scale uh, on the outside or the bug itself? I know, so I'll tell you, there was in, in the orange uh, uh, Rabbi Goldstein actually showed me, uh, three scales. One of them was just the scale, and two of them were the actual scales with the insects, the actual insects. In, now, uh, now do, and what, do, do you, are you familiar with whether or not the Poiskim hold that scale itself is an Easter? Because it, it's a Yotze Menachai? Or? Well, it's a Yotze Menachai. I mean, I, I'm not a Poiskim. It's, it's not the bug itself. It's the Yotze Menachai. So whatever, whatever then the Yotze Menachai right. would have. That that would be the status of it, and, and secondly, uh, these things are visible to the eye. When right. you talk about a microscope, the purpose of the microscope is only to enlarge what we're seeing. We're seeing the plane uh, with the unaided eye. You can see the scale and the scale insects. You can see them. What color the is the insect? Magnification. What? The purpose of using a microscope or magnifying glass is only to clarify that which I'm seeing. The speck that I'm seeing is it a bug? Or is it dirt? Right. But What's of course, it, we don't need a microscope to look for the bugs. We need the microscope to clarify the speck that I'm seeing, that which I can see to the unaided eye. Is that a bug or is it dirt? That's, so, that's the problem. That's what we call macroscopic. Clearly visible right. to the unaided eye. That's what we call macroscopic, correct. But what, let me ask you, what color are these insects? 
the these are from brownish to black on avocados they'll be white they they can be on avocados you can have white scales you'll see flex how come uh, sometimes sometimes right, but how come when i drink orange juice i've dr- been drinking oranges for the last bunch of years right so how come i've never seen a black dot in my orange juice well, first of all, the orange, you're looking at a whole cup, and it could be anywhere in the cup, and you're not looking at every single thing, every single drop that you're drinking. So sometimes it could be inside, it could be in the juice, it could be floating on top. Sometimes, if you strain it, then you will see them. If you strain them through a proper mesh, like you said, you will see them. Well, I see them in the pulp or when you lay it out on a, on a, on a white background or something. If, if you strain it, if you strain it through a proper mesh, and you put it on, let's say, uh, a light background, you will see the scales. And you can sometimes see them. Uh, you can see them sometimes in the juice itself if you look very carefully. Like, sometimes they, the scale itself could be translucent a little bit, but if the bug is there, you can. the bug itself generally has a darker color. And you, if you look very closely, you can't see it. Mm-hmm. Again, on a light background, of course, it's going to be more visible than on a dark background, since the, the, the bug itself is dark. I mean, they, 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 the colors do change uh, depending on the species. But you're saying, uh, I would not, obviously you have some training in this area. I don't really. And let's say, let's say I were to look, I, I were to do this. First of all, what mesh were you using when you no, were... No, I, I, I looked at David Goldstein's mesh. I, have to, I don't remember exactly what size mesh he was using, uh-huh. but it was in his house just, just yesterday. Yeah, and he showed me the scale bugs that were found mm-hmm. from a sixteen ounce. Uh, it was a sixteen ounce uh, container. But right, I, I'm trying a little bit. Is would you have seen it if if you just trapped the pulp or whatever is in there? Plus, it was these a no bu- pulp orange juice. It was no pulp. Okay, even the no pulp. There's still some something is right. trapped there. So would I be able to see these little black dots or or something like that in on that? mesh itself before I put it on to a white background? Uh, if you look, again, something that's dark, it is a darker color. Yeah, It's like brown. Uh, if you're going to look at it uh, on a brown, obviously a brown background, you know, on a white background, a white background, you'll see it. A light, this actually wasn't a light background, it was like a yellowish, it was, a, it was clearly visible on a yellow, on a light yellow background. Did you so see it go brown. through the strips? You see it after it came out of the strain, or you saw it only in the white background? I saw it on a yellow, on a yellow piece of paper. Oh, you saw it right, but you didn't see it on in the when he strained it itself. I would nope. I'd be very interested nope. to find out if we can see the pro, if we could see this insect on you know in its it, it isn't, as opposed to separate. Uh, if, you, if you look at an orange, you could definitely see. You look at an orange. Well, that we know about. That we know. That we know. We 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 understand. And when it's you know it's getting in the juice, it's the same. It's the same insect. It's not a different insect. No, but 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 the scale that covers the insect is bigger than the insect itself. I assume. Correct. Yes. Of course. So not so we don't I don't know the exact size. I I'll, just to share with you, we mentioned here on the radio uh, that that um, the, the gentleman in Lakewood who I spoke with, who did the work, uh, that was the first person that I had that had a lot of real documentation, and he told me that the size was point three eight. Uh, hopefully, I'm saying right millimeter. And it seems that uh, different cosmos organizations say that that isn't significant enough. They want 0.1 millimeter instead of 
what's it? I remember getting it confused. They want they want one millimeter. They want one millimeter, and he had point three eight millimeter. But he said, you're talking about a bug that varies in size. Right. You know, you'll have some that are smaller, some that right. are larger. So he Problem said, does he, exist, right. and you he said can't, that, you can see it with the right. unaided eye. You so definitely can't see right. them. He said with the, the with the naked eye, you can see point one millimeter, and his was between two point between point two five and point three eight. I'm amazing how could you do all this work. And he says that that's the size. And some people were arguing that it wasn't, it wasn't visible. They saw a, a, a little dot, and they said, that, but I can't recognize it as a bug. That's the question of macroscopic. So some people are going to tell you, if you, if you call them, you know, Rob, whatever, he's going to say, well, that's not really visible because you can't see it as a bug. But since the 1980s, it was explained that macroscopic is also a concern for us because we see it. The, the uh, loop or the microscope is just to let us know that that is really a bug or not. And in fact, it's really a cooler, not a chumrah, because if, we, if it's not a bug, then we can eat everything. And if it's not, it is a bug, then it creates a problem. So we really do need to look at it. Right, the only time you need the loop is really when it's not moving. When when they're moving, right. you don't need a loop because you see the spot moving. You know right. that it's a bug. Right. Uh, as, as far as as far as the size, many bugs are very small, and it's uh, you've mentioned it before, and it's much of I say for Milvin. Which I might leave it in the. I want to thank the, you very much. We're really running out of time. Okay. And I thank you for calling. Unbelievable show. Thank you very much. Thank, no, uh, thank the, you very much. Uh, call to us. Thank This is uh, for, the, for Kashrus on the air. This is your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine. If you want to reach us during the week, you can do that at 718 336 8544. Apologize to all the people that was online. I'm sorry we couldn't make it. There was no next week. Next week. <laughs>